Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Uncle's Beach House, episode 23. I'm Jackson. I'm joined by Am as usual. It's summertime. We, it is appropriate for us to be here. It is. Once again, we are here at the beach. Uh, we are joined uh, by our guest, Nigel, today. Hi, everyone. That's, Hello. That's me. Hi. Nice. <laughs> yes, but nice you to nice you to be here. Yeah, um, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, Nigel requested that we uh, that we watch Trigun, so we've watched the first thirteen episodes of Trigun. Um, as it is a double length show, I guess by modern standards, but uh, was not really the case back in the back in the late nineties. Um, but yeah, we watched the first thirteen episodes of Trigon, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Uh, Nigel, would you like to say why why you picked this one? Uh, yes, I, I can do that. Um, so I first saw this show, oof, a uh, couple years ago, and hadn't really thought of it for a long time. And then a uh, a Twitter account uh, by the name of Your Friend Molly about a month ago had posted a uh, a shot of vash um like upside down being like why is there this leather bound ass in my christian manga um and i was like i should go back and see what's going on in that show uh that's not the full reason and then i watched the first two episodes and was like oh this show kicks ass uh i would i would be interested in talking about this so yeah there you go yeah thank you very much um the Trigun uh, we watched is the anime, uh, the 1998 anime uh, directed by Shigeru, uh, no, Satoshi Nishimura, produced by Shigeru Kitayama, um, based on the original manga uh, by uh, Yasuhiro Naitao, and uh, yeah, ran from, ran from April 1st, 1998 to September 30, 1998, we're doing the first half of it right here, uh, it is about a character named Vash the Stampede, who appears in various towns in this nightmare capitalist post-apocalypse wild west and is known as the human typhoon for he leaves them uh as total wrecks um and uh we follow these two insurance agents trying to like collect the debt from him uh that uh they're not trying to collect the debt they're just trying to mitigate harm so they don't have to keep paying things out it is a wild setup like, the, like a, he's also trying to kind of earn it off. like that's like nominally the premise right like this yeah, guy they're not really shaking him down they just don't want to, him to, to blow up any more towns yes um but uh they follow him uh and are surprised to learn that he is not actually like a super badass uh gun wielding cowboy i mean he kind of, he kind of still is but he's not really on the face of it uh he is a very dumb anime boy uh who is also a committed pacifist uh with <laughs> an amnesiac mysterious past and that's until the literal last two episodes we watched really all the plot there is um, no yeah like there's episodic plots but in terms of like the uh the um like we don't we normally have like a here's what the summary of the show is but that that's really it they they run into him and there's an adventure in a town and uh usually something is solved in like a kind of sad and funny way and uh that's 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 trigon in in this bit um and uh that's that's the show that is the show (laughs) shit well yeah no i just so uh so we didn't get into like the the plot that they start setting up in the last episodes which i'm sure will be the focus of the back half and this will be more discussion of like the episodic adventures of uh 
Vash and uh, Millie. And Millie the, rocks. Oh, Millie's everyone's favorite, I assume. Uh, I, I wasn't the first time I watched the show. I don't know what I was thinking as an 18-year-old. I was did not understand what was good in life. Uh, coming back to this, yeah, Millie, incredible character. Millie's <laughs> Just, amazing. Uh, Millie is like... So almost everyone in the show is really tall, but like only the main characters, so you can tell they're tall. <laughs> it's a reverse Mario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Millie is just the tall, nice girl who is one of the um, insurance agents. Like, not the main one who's in, like, a... Like, l- not long distance, because they do hang out, but a kind of distance and dairy relationship with... Um, Jackson. Uh, yes. Vash Stampede is 5'11". What? No, he's you not. No, he's me. not. Do not do not fucking tell me this. That's did so you short! Google- did you just Google how short, how tall is Vash Stampede? This has come up uh, as I've been rewatching it. Uh, people reminding me that he is five eleven. How small is everyone else? <laughs> he towers over wow. everyone. He's like Castle McCary in the show. No, he isn't. <laughs> you can't look this up because you will get spoilers for other I'm stuff. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Uh, Millie life. is also listed as 5'11", so... Good! So it is just consistent. Everyone's yes. just five feet in the show. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so where do we want to, like, start talking about the show? Because, um, like I said, there's no, like, real ongoing plot, but I was uh, surprised and caught off guard by how good and thoughtful I thought all the episodes here were. There's, like, you know, a couple of duds, but mostly pretty great show yeah we could start with episode two if you don't mind or that was sort of the that was the point at which i like decided to pitch the show to you all Mm -hmm. uh oh yeah there's a lot going on in that episode and also i think it was important to me in like setting how i would kind of receive the like pacifist tones of the rest of the show and that i think you know was uh that, that episode i guess we'll get into it but like Takes a pretty clear stance against, uh, you know, monopolizing natural resources or that, like, shitty people need to be stopped, which I think made the pacifist stuff, you know, a lot more, uh, just sort of, like, it, you know, pacifism can, uh, quite obviously be, uh, used, like, disingenuously to, like, undermine, uh, genuine exploitation going on as uh extremely clear these weeks um (laughs) yeah so uh the fact that like right off the bat it uh you know shows that there's like more depth ideology the ideology in the show than just like oh like you know violence is bad um definitely that helped like you know made me enjoy it more going forwards Mm -hmm. yeah so episode two is called uh truth of mistake and it is about uh, sorry before we get into that uh do you want to mention the like wild uh, next time on format? I think just the. Uh, I don't know if uh, if you would watch past the ending credits to where like Vash and maybe it was different in the subtitles. I, I did the dubbed, but basically there's like a like monologue slash like mini ideological speech by the voice actor of Ashley Stampede. Over- this absolutely did not exist in the files I watched. Fascinating. I watched this one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. This just isn't there. 
Because okay. I, uh, mine just kind of ended at the. I don't even think there were next time ones, or if they were, they were just traditional ones. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's not yeah, get I into watched, it then. I watched one next time on, and it wasn't. Um, it was just normal next time on. So I, I don't. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but no. What, if, what, what was what was the thing for you? Because I, uh, I let me see if I can pull it up really quick. Um, do do do. Stall. Uh, basically, it's it shows some footage from the next episode, but it's not like you know next time on. It's, it's Vash talking. Like I specifically remember for Truth of the Mistake, it was because it's the first one you see after episode one. Vash is mm-hmm. saying like, you know, they smiled, but their eyes were. It's um, I'm not gonna be able to do it justice. Let me just really quickly see if I can mistake. Uh, I, I'm not going to be able to pull this up in time. People's um, emotions. Emotions of the heart cannot be defined, but there is only one way to read the emotions. Thank you. Look thank into you. their eyes. <laughs> the girl lied to me. The gentleman lied to me. But the moment I looked into their eyes, fate began to alter to reveal the truth. <laughs> Just one look into their eyes, there is only one truth. <laughs> Um, yeah, this doesn't keep up because I I saw another one that was you know fairly normal. I guess I didn't like think of it as that wild, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty wild for <laughs> truth or mistake. Next time on, um, the episode's about uh, like a, someone who is like the the wealthy guy kind of in charge of a town, and uh, he has uh, hired Vash as a bodyguard, and um, this is in the period where, at the start of the show, uh, Marilyn, the insurance agents, do not believe that Vash the Stampede is Vash the Stampede because he's just the dumbest idiot alive. Um, and uh, so there's like a back and forth about how he doesn't actually need real Vash the Stampede. He just needs everyone else to believe that Vash the Stampede exists. Yeah, and to, then, to intimidate the rest of the town into leaving th- through fear of you know hired violence, uh, and then he can you know buy up all the land. Like, this guy's just complete piece of shit uh, yeah and you just yes you discover he's like monopolized the water source and is selling it back to everyone and people are like yeah i don't know dude and he's like yes well i mean uh it is definitely kind of evil but if you think about it someone has to pr- yeah. supply the water and- i think i i wrote down that quote uh which was like unless it's managed properly by someone who knows how it would completely dry up so yeah so really i'm helping people like uh is you you can go um no but i was agreeing with you i guess i yeah. <laughs> didn't necessarily have something like jumping out at me um because yeah i think i think the show is really good uh in that it's like a very broad comedy but it's it's pretty consistent about how it is like an extended comedy about like debt and ownership and investment in ways that are like more specific than just like it would be easy to say, oh, this show's about how capitalism's bad, and it is. But um, a lot of shows are. A lot of like things are broadly about that. This is like very specifically about what it means. Yeah, to like the- live like, double dollars, <laughs> sixty billion double dollars, uh, and like it's ridiculous. Um, but all of that ridiculousness is like. Uh, very specific, like, bec- like because it's, like it's debt collectors, right, and insurance agents, and not, uh, not just like cops or something more broad. Like it is very specific in in the like things it is talking about. Uh, and so I, I always I always like that stuff. Yeah, and I think what also was very welcomed with the show is like 
how explicitly it will call out uh the you know the actions that are shitty like the next line in the scene where the guy is talking about how like you know it's he's lucky that his you know father bought this land and he's you know the only one who could manage the water is uh the woman who was later on revealed to be like inv- trying to investigate him and uh is like says it to his face like yeah but you're still profiting off of a natural resource like isn't that fucked up like it doesn't i, I guess like i've kind of grown tired of like capitalism is bad metaphors that sort of like try and either do it subtly or like you have to still bring the like ideology yourself to it to like you know complete the read Uh, and it was nice to just have it be like no like here's here's what's going on exactly like this there's no yeah no beating around the bush Mm -hmm. so like for me one of the things that like caught me off guard in how the show portrays itself is that Due to the show's reputation in the West, uh, I had always heard it like described as a kind of like B tier, cheap cowboy bebop ripoff. Wow, which is like kind of true if you. Squ- I mean, the part about it being cheap is not true. This is an extravagantly animated show. It looks incredible, um, but like cowboy bebop is about some similar ideas. Uh, but it is much more interested in like finding a kind of like quiet profundity in the sadness of the like poor people, right? It's all about oh, we have to look at us on our spaceship as we float through life, and we don't have beef in our beef stew and our, our beef, like you know, and bell peppers or whatever it is. Um, and uh, and I think uh, that stuff's really good in there. Um, but I, I was um, I was gonna say the people who you want to see get like completely owned don't. That doesn't happen in Cowboy Bebop, where in the, in the way that it does happen here, yeah. Like I mean, like Cowboy Bebop is like say much more about the like emotional reality of being poor rather than like the specific mechanics of what it means to be poor. Mm-hmm. In a way that Trigun's like takes those mechanics and like builds, uh, just builds jokes out of them for at least these first thirteen episodes. Um, and um, I I found it really funny. I thought it was really good. Uh, I I like the characters a lot. Uh. It it does feel a bit like it was like made in a lab, but not in a way that's bad. It's just like very like okay, we've got our dumb boy check, we've got uh, <laughs> like one of the best like sidekick girls in an anime check check. Uh, Got to be careful not to overuse her. We know what we have. We can't fuck it up. He's <laughs> got a hot and- priest later on. Got a hot. Pr- oh, the priest is so cool. <laughs> so He's good. so cool. So obviously, one of the things I knew about Trigun was the uh, it, it's the Christian manga, and the the author's like a you know a convert Christian, and the, the manga's about that. And it, the show didn't start being about that, and it still isn't really. It just has a character who's a priest. I I feel like it, maybe it gets more later on in the show, uh, but definitely at the moment. Um, that has been exaggerated in terms of the influence, but that guy is cool. He oh, is yeah. so cool. Nicholas D. Wolfwood. <laughs> His cross is just so full of mercy. That's why, why it's, it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then like there's an episode with him and Vash like entering into a quick draw contest. Yeah, I was gonna say that's another one I wanted to like kind of spotlight. That was like one of the other like highlight episodes of this run for me. Uh, it's actually because they basically they're like super cool sharpshooters but they're bo- like uh, both huge dumbasses as well Just both dumbasses finally also- a character as dumb as Vash so to be his friend <laughs> that's what he's needed <laughs> that's what he's needed right and then like 
uh, they're both kind of having a pacifist off despite being the best gunslingers in the land. Uh, and um, obviously ends up in a situation where they both get through to the like final, uh, the finals of this uh, quick draw contest and have to like do a shoot-off against each other. Which, like, re- I guess, the context is they're, they're entered in to try and get money for this you know, family, because there's, like, a, a mom and the child that Bash has been, like, hanging out with at the start of the app, uh, and that's not not critical to the plot, but it's, like, why they're in this fight to begin with. They're like, oh, this this plan is... Could, nothing could go wrong with this. Yep, and then they have to have a fight, and it's very cool as they, like, do the catch-up MGS1 thing, uh, <laughs> and uh, trigger everyone, and then fight back, and a lot of... A lot of... It, like, and this is because of the like realities of writing a show with this premise, but um, a lot of very inventive ways to use a gun pacifistly. <laughs> yes, that's also the reveal of uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood's cross for the first time. Yes, which is an incredible like two shot sequence of slamming into the ground, like multiple pistols, like. Sh- like popping down from the cross section and then him screaming glory as he just fires two pistols at once uh i was i was loving it yeah he's uh he's very cool um em what what did you think of the show well, uh, I've seen Trigun before. Uh, okay. This was my college roommate's favorite anime. So I watched this maybe in 2005. Um, and remember, remembered surprisingly like a lot of it, but nothing about like the actual like emotional content. I just remember really liking Millie um, and Meryl. Uh, Meryl, by the way, uh, 4.11. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Everyone's just really short in this show. Everyone's extremely short. Uh, Gunsmoke just has high gravity, I guess. Apparently so. Um, and uh, so, like, the, when I came back to it, I'm like, okay, I remember this being goofy. I remember liking the girls. I think Ash is, like, a dope, but in a fun way. Uh, that cross is full of guns, just like Django. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I like, I like a good, I like the aesthetics of Westerns, even if I'm not super into Westerns. So I've always th- thought Trigun was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I didn't remember most of the, the, the like, you know, meat and potatoes of every episode. I didn't remember that, like, you know, Vash fights the Nebraska gang and re-empowers the town twice over, like, an, uh, an episode arc, uh, fighting for the people, you know, making sure that whenever anyone gets a bounty that he turns it over to the people who need it in the town. Um, and just the general, like, good-naturedness of him uh, is, is nice. But also, like, when Rem's song hits, like, you know, whatever, eight, nine episodes into this show, it hit like a ton of bricks because it just opened up a part of my mind. I just shuffled that away in. Like, I hadn't listened to that since, you know, 2005 um, and was not, was surprised at how much it just like, oh, right, Trigun. This is, this is a, like one of the first anime I've ever really watched. So I have a lot of affection for it. Um, and so going back to this has been really good because... Uh, you know, with a lot more context, it's like, oh yeah, Trigun's like, you know, looping in space, and that's a good show. That's a good premise of a show. Um, and so watching Vash stumble his way through uh, these misadventures uh, is good because, like, as much as I remembered it being a really broad comedy about this dumbass, it's really obvious that he is, like, putting on a front. <laughs> no one is this dumb all the time. 
Like, and from he's, the he's, bullet dodge on, it's, it's yeah. very clear. <laughs> um, and, like, it's just, like, unsustainable. And the thing I like is, like, Meryl is is thrown by it because it is fake. Like, she's like, this can't be right. This guy's this guy's too much of a dumbass. It's impossible. Um, and she's right, but it takes her, like, it takes a long time for that to start to, like, fall apart. But watching that happen has been very good. Uh, because, like, even in the middle of the goofs, like, the minute something important happens, he just turns into a different person. Um He's and even animated that, different, different, or differently often, which is, I thought, I really enjoyed that. Kind yeah. of how they're playful with his animation. Like, it matches his mood to a large extent. Yeah. So, uh, rewatching this, I, I've just been surprised at the amount of, like, slow build to, you know, what is a, an obvious, your, your goof always has, like, the resolute side to them or whether that's like you know something like forgotten past or emergent superpower whatever you know version of this you want um i think this one's handled like exceptionally well um and makes vash like a character that is not exhausting in his when he's being like a dumbass because his best self is that dumbass like he's always like he's not like goku running around befriending the villains and you know refusing to fight at full power uh when he doesn't have to he's trying to help people do good uh support his the communities he's going through make sure no one dies uh and if someone does uh well woe betide whoever caused that to happen yes um i i really liked the pacifism stuff in this show because uh, you know like um Nigel kind of referred to earlier um it's very easy to put that in in a like violence is bad way if i do the violence i'm just as bad as the other guy type thing and there's like moments in the show that get there but in because it's so much more thoughtful about like this isn't a show about why violence is bad this is a show about someone who was like chosen to try to live in a way that is like peaceful and uh, generally beneficial to those around him and has this reputation for being like a just agent of chaos um and so because it's about like that as like an interesting and active choice in a thoughtful way and commits to that it doesn't feel like it's you know wagging a finger at those who would do violence to the violent people mm-hmm. um which is good i just i just thought it, i was like surprised by how uh how thoughtful it was yeah for sure um what are the other episodes i'm looking at this list here there's the one there's um there's peacemaker which is the one where he hangs out with that drunk guy oh uh, yeah <laughs> It's always good. A lot of a lot of hard drinking in this uh, anime, in like the most like '90s anime way to me. Um, the the most '90s anime thing to me is definitely the like room, like people drinking in a room that's like lavishly decorated, usually a lavishly decorated background of just trash. Uh, <laughs> like the peak of this is Misato's room, right? Like. <laughs> And there's a scene. There's a scene in this episode where they're drinking, and there's like cigarette butts everywhere, and just like shit on the floor. I'm like, oh, this is the like, this is what I think of when I think of the, um, the lavish extravagance of '90s anime. I'm just really well drawn garbage. Uh, I was just gonna say that, that uh, which I, I believe Jackson they already mentioned, or it might have been UM, uh, that this anime is. It was funny. Another thing of like rewatching it and re- reflecting on like how i remembered it versus what it what it you know it appears to be now uh was i would have told you like ah it's kind of you know low budget uh which was ridiculous um it, it's just it is a very it's like 
does the thing that Utena has done as well, where it's like incredibly efficient with its budget. Like there are definitely scenes that are, or, or you know, like shots where it like goes to a sort of more, uh, I don't even know the name of the style, but like less detail intensive. But when the show, you know, wants to be, it is, it is just gorgeous. So that was like, and, and even in these scenes where it's like just the background of a room where people are drinking, uh, which is sort of like point, can de- demonstrate the like care that was put into this of like what if they want to uh have things look beautiful it, it will look beautiful in this show mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah well while i was watching it i was like oh i'm surprised by just how good this looks i didn't i didn't like it hadn't its reputation hadn't suggested it would be like this like really lavishly animated show and then yeah M sent me the like credits of the director and i was like oh oh he, he directed like card captor and um Okay, I just like just loads of like in between animation, like credits on a bunch of things with great animation. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, he's just like a real ass animator here, um, which is always cool. Yeah, it's uh, not like the most like you know this is clearly not operating on a huge budget. No. So there's a lot of static shots, but uh, when they spend the money on the action, the action is all really good. Uh, Vash running around like a bunch of noodles is also always very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I always think of the bullet dodge scene. Yeah, he is just a rubbery boy. Uh, <laughs> rubbery 511 boy. Uh, sort of more broader reactions to like the set of episodes as a whole uh, had me just sort of like thinking about uh, quote-unquote filler and how my opinions towards that have, have definitely changed as uh, mm-hmm. more and more shows simply do not have the uh, the budget or time to, to have filler. Um, and like you know, growing up, watching cartoons week to week uh it would be like frustrating be like oh man like nothing happens but now it's just like so nice to have that space to just have characters sort of like quietly you know slowly grow their relationship uh and like what their you know history together is um in a way that like you know summarizing what happened for these 13 ups at the beginning jackson had you know not, not a lot to say um but like that I, I loved that uh, and I, I watched a couple episodes ahead and I would, would not say anything that happens but it's definitely more more plot heavy which you know increased the the contrast of like how sort of like nice it was to just have this space at the start um so that, that, that was it yeah there's definitely like the way the anime serialization work has changed in the past you know 40 years i guess like gradually over time you see the different shifts as you get from like a lot of long 50 episode type shows uh in 70s and then the 80s well someone laughed then uh i think that was my dad coughing in the other room did i say anything wrong what did i do um, no, no. My, my house doesn't really have walls so we're all oh, that's fine that's fine we're all here um, together uh yeah, into like you feel the stuff shortening as it goes, and like now, like there's some long-running shows that will just have filler and stuff, and you know, One Piece will still keep going for the, till the end of time. Um, but most shows just get thirteen episodes. Yeah, um, it's like the thirteen-up season. That's and and even if they get more, they're like usually that is how like production is committed you know they, they assemble the production uh, committee and they make the episode and then maybe they'll make more um so the idea of like space to like sit with the characters just isn't really uh 
as much of a priority in anime unless the anime is just like a 13 episode slice of life show in which case it's probably better in the first place (laughs) (laughs) like sometimes that's just the appeal well what if Uh, you could have both you could have your slice of life and then your like incredible in episode 12 of every slice of life show there has to be some level of like usually hilariously outsized drama for the show introduced into it so like i i watched this show um oh god what was it called um i forget the name of the show uh but it was a show about like basically a light-hearted comedy about a girl who could read minds and it was a slice of life show spy Uh, family (laughs) uh, that's not the show that's just another great the first 15 minutes of the first episode were like uh, ridiculously depressing and then it became a slice of life show I should be clear uh, and it's like lightly horny because she can read a guy's mind but the guy always has horny thoughts or whatever you know duh. very just like anime I watched show episode 12 of that show uh, a uh, serial I don't think murderer but definitely attempted murderer is introduced <laughs> um, just out of nowhere and that is what the final episodes were about. And I think of that as the classic, like, slice of life turn. Uh, I like that the slice of life, like, dramatic turn in k uh, season one is that Yui gets a cold. <laughs> that is the big dramatic turn in that show. Um, because that one knows how to do it. Uh, but yeah, Trigon in here for, like, you know, not for, not for a two-episode final up, but when the plot is introduced, it is... Um, a man named Legato Blue Summers because the names in this show are amazing. Uh, and, uh, like, is clearly connected to Vash's mysterious past and is like, I could kill everyone here right now, but I'm so, here to deliver you a message as I communicate with your mind. Not to belabor the Cowboy Bebop point, but, like, it is extremely vicious shows up and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this show suddenly? Um... <laughs> But uh, remembering a little bit of what happens in the back end of Trigon, I remember liking this way more than any of the vicious stuff in Cow Bebop because that stuff is boring. Well, the vicious stuff in Cow Bebop is like four episodes. Yes. And not really relevant to anything. Vicious is just mm-hmm. like a cool guy. Well, I assume because Trigon has laid so much groundwork of like why Vash is the way he is. Uh, has it? Del- well, in these 13 apps no i know what you mean it's just but like the show's about every episode is about him like trying to like find a way to express his like pacifistic ideals Mm, and the show's gonna be about like he has a better backstory to like dive into than uh spike spiegel who is a character i really like but is like so much of just a pastiche that it you know that that depth isn't there so when vicious shows up it's all like cool tone is really like the end and beginning Mm -hmm. of end of it right um that, that makes like, sense. Yeah, I, I thought you were mean, like, meant that they, like, really kind of gone into his backstory, but not, like, him as a person with, like, a th- sort of, uh, it's like ideology, for lack of a better word, which they do, I think, give, you know, he's, he's <laughs> a, a full character in that regard, even. I love that they yeah. just, like, tease little bits of, like, what's going on. Like, the sort of, like, slow escalation of, like, Vash's capability when he's, like, actually operating at a hundred percent for three seconds because someone's life is in danger it's like it's very fun that like it just kind of creeps up like minutely episode to episode um yeah um, which we can yeah, kind of already the said the bit where he like uh, approaches that guy with like the glowing demon eyes is so good 
Uh, Which one is that? The right the, at the near yeah, the end. The end of episode twelve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Diablo, because um, he uh, goes sicko mode. <laughs> Um, and that's when the like uh, speech that would normally be like, "Would you be as bad as them to take to shoot them in the face?" But it's much more about uh, like what it means. Like it's it's not about the like moral judgment of what it means to take a life. It is instead about Vash's like internal relationship to what it means to be a person who can kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really like, I really like the how that stuff was handled. Um, yeah, I was. I would say like uh, I was doing the uh, woman drinking kombucha face for like that back and forth between Diablo and Vash vis-a-vis like violence of like oh is this gonna be another one of those sort of plot beats of you know you're as bad as them like oh no there isn't and then it was it was a, a wild oscillation on like how is this scene gonna play out but came away happy from it. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's very cool and. Um... Yeah, back to the like the Kevin Bebop comparison again for a second. I guess like watching the show made me realize how like Bebop's not a very deep show. Um, no, in a way that I feel is uh, illustrative of the like lack of importance of the the official uh, prestige. Like I don't know what the word is, but the, you know the the tonal sheen the of fake importance that prestige shows get which bebop is definitely one um whereas this is a much like presents as like a trashier show but i think it has more going on and more to think about even if it isn't like as concerned with uh look at this artistic presentation of these like tonal ideas yeah i mean that's fair uh I guess, but also, similar- but also, like this is the show where the, the the bad guy rolls into town and he's like a twenty foot tall mutant with like shoulders that are bigger than people. Um, and every single woman in the post apocalypse is like a mysterious and beautiful, uh, like girl who either wants to murder Vash or is like imperiled and has to be saved by Vash. Yes, is the show's not perfect. <laughs> It's just wild. It's just, it, like it is just a very like kind of trashy, ridiculous comedy show. It just has like stuff uh, going on in a way that I'm like it's both of those things at once. Is I guess the thing. I, I mean, so, the other thing to like you know that works with when you compare the two is the way in which it teases its world building. Like mm-hmm. Gunsmoke is fucked. It's a weird planet where everyone's forgotten how technology works. Uh, but the technology is also like basically magic. Also, um, like. The, the fact the big like manufacturing factory is just a giant flask that that produces energy or whatever it does it's it's very nebulous uh and uh all the towns are named after months and all of the measurements of the world have been like bastardized in extremely the 90s post-apocalypse way where every measurement is like y- like yards is yards and th- like the way in which people express like even just the measurements feels like degraded in a way that is like very goofy but like also points to like a world that's just without any sort of like perception of hope it's not like there's another planet people are going to go to like it, they, everyone lives here and it sucks yes it does God, the giant light bulb's cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if there was a massive light bulb? Uh, what if inside the massive light bulb's reactor core was the end of Star Trek Two? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Star Trek Two. <laughs> and and Vash just stood there and was like, "No, I'm gonna stop this." <laughs> Why'd you call it Star Trek Two? 
eh, you know, whatever. Right, fair enough. Just never hit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, what are the other other episodes? Oh yeah, there's the the one with um, uh, episode four uh, in which uh, Vash gets his first his first time time to uh, look at a guy and yell love and peace at them like a moron. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, which becomes uh, a recurring bit. Yes, my uh, my brain is always just like locked into. Uh, so like, I mostly watched this uh, subtitle this time. I watched like two episodes of the dub. Uh, originally, I watched the dub. Uh, my brain always locks into John Young Bosch going "Love and Peace" over and over again. It's the only way I can hear that line. Mm-hmm. I, I've only actually heard the Japanese line, which is also very funny because he's doing English. Yeah, the dub is like, I think the dub does the anime a little bit of a disservice because I think they play it a little too broad. And I think a lot of the comedy of Trigun is like people very seriously are like, like approaching seriously very goofy situations. And like the juxtaposition is kind of the joke. Um, but it is cool because like, you know, it is Johnny Young Bosch's first anime role. <laughs> He's literally coming off of Power Rangers doing Vash Stampede. Um, and that it's just fun to see. It's a good energy. It's like no wonder he became like blew up and became like famous voice actor. Uh, Lelouch himself. <laughs> yeah. Nero. Right, right. I always forget he's from Power Rangers. That's actually the thing I forget. Yeah. He's just anime boy to me. I would say just like quick little like part of an episode I really liked if we we're just like jump in and be like this was cool uh was it was the start of the um don't know the title the one where there's the quick draw tournament and it just starts with Vash monologuing as he's making himself some breakfast and then going and playing with the kids in the town just like he gets to live his best life for like five minutes there and, yeah I was, I was just happy to see it uh, yeah, no, who isn't? Who isn't? Uh, I think one of my favorite gags in this entire show is when he first meets Wormwood and Wormwood, uh, uh, or Wolfwood, and Wolfwood asks him what his name is. He just gives like the most sprawling name. Like there's like a there's like just a breath break. <laughs> uh, as he gives him like you know thirteen, he gives himself thirteen names and is like, uh, call on me anytime you need me. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. And Millie's like, hey, Bash. Yes. <laughs> Millie's great. Millie and uh, Wolfwood just hanging out like, you know, he ran into her in a bar. She's trying to get pudding from the bar and they go on this grocery adventure and abs- accidentally save a kid. And <laughs> just, just fantastic. She's so good. Um, because she is, she's like, the, she's the like actual, like, you know, himbo of the show as much as Vash like presents as one. Like she just likes everyone, uh, is capable of violence if necessary. Uh, I like that her big threatening minigun shoots like restraint arms. It doesn't actually shoot bullets. Like she's the only one who actually isn't killing people in the show. Uh, yeah. And she just shows up with her massive gun and it's just very nice to everybody. Yeah. Uh. But, like, yeah, the show also doesn't, like, portray her as, like, clueless or dumb. Like, she's, you know, completely able to... she's a little dumb. (laughs) Yeah, to to some extent, but uh, I guess, like, incompetent. Like, she can look after herself and is capable of protecting people. uh, Yes. I feel like there is, like, an active effort being made on this show to not, like, immediately flanderize Millie in the way that you could. (laughs) Yeah, 
yeah, she's like she she's a character who steals scenes in a way that like you just want to put her in more. And if you did that, it would be less fun. Yes. Um, so by the time you get to her and uh, like Wolfwood hanging out, you're like, I need an episode where it's just like Millie Central. And Meryl's off moping somewhere in a corner. <laughs> I like Meryl a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. I like in I mean, uh, episode two when like Meryl is clearly actually kind of having a good time goofing around, uh, but like still like you know trying to be very serious. There's like the the shot where uh, Vash is going to do like a finger gun at the the woman who's like staying with the the shitty uh, water monopolizer and like uh not Mil- meryl like mimes getting shot and is like rolling around on the floor um <laughs> it's like you know somewhat in conflict with her who like i i'm the responsible one of uh this group attitude it's like you know, you, you also like to have fun like yeah i mean later on millie's like oh you guys are getting along i didn't know you were friends <laughs> and she's like, I'm not. Yeah, and then episode thirteen is like just a entire like recap episode that mostly exists to just roast Millie, uh, not Millie, to roast Meryl. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's also like interesting to just see like a normal like town. Like it's it's old fashioned, but it's like. It's, it's a city. Like, there's an actual city with, like, buildings and, like, streets and people. Like, nothing's, like, on fire, <laughs> which is not the general tone of, like, out in the wilderness of, of gun smoke. Yeah, I guess I would uh, sort of, like, my figure out a better way to explain my thoughts on Millie and Meryl and that, or the way I like how the show portrays Millie is that even if she's somewhat clueless at just sort of, like, <laughs> day-to-day living, uh, she's given, like, a lot of... Or, she has, um, you know, like a lot of insight into like personal relationships and is, you know, able to like understand and read people really well. Um, which, yeah. 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 I mean, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of the jokes in the episode are about how, um, uh, Meryl is clearly in, uh, clearly in a like, uh, denial romance arc, you know, kind of old timey Hollywood thing going on there. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't like the boy that we're chasing. He's dumb, and I hate him. And uh, will be that until episode twenty-four. Uh, and um, uh, Millie just kind of roasts her about this accidentally all through this episode because uh, she's just being nice. She'd never roast anyone. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, uh, do you want me to uh, do voice actors? Or did you just want me to like scuttle all this research? I did. Uh, I would like you to do voice actors. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that in this, this other podcast I've failed my job somehow. <laughs> well, we're talking about the characters, so it's time to talk about who voiced them. Who voiced uh, Vash, Vash Stampede is Masaya Onosaka. He voiced Jadeite in Sailor Moon. Uh, Shinji Hirako in Bleach. Kerberos in Cardcaptor Sakura. Liron in Gurren Lagann. And just for you, Jackson, he is the voices of both uh, Zhao Zhilong and Zhu Liang in all of Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> Good. Uh, wait. Meryl- wait, what? Kong Ming and Zhao Zhilong have the same voice actor? Yes. 
Okay, sure. Uh, Meryl Strife is Hiromi Tsuru. Uh, she is Ukyo Kyonji from Ranma One Half. Madoka Ayakawa from Kimagura Orange Road. Uh, Naomi Hunter from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, maybe you've heard of her. Uh, and most famously, of course, she is the voice of Bulma uh, up through 2017 because she passed away. But, uh, you know, get in the work. Millie Thompson is Satsuki Yukino. She's the voice of Kagomi Higurashi in Inuyasha. Uh, she is Yoruichi Shihoen in Bleach. She's Konami Cheater in Full Metal Panic. And she is Ken Marinellis in Zone of the Enders. God. Which is uh, the, the, if there is a polar opposite of Millie Thompson. <laughs> uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood is uh, Sho Hayami. He is Maximilian Genius himself in Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Uh, he is Burn Brunnings in Aura Battle or Dunbine. Uh, he is the antagonist who I'm not going to name because it's a spoiler in Serial Experiments Lane. And he is Cruteo in Aldnoa Zero. Oh, him! Yeah. <laughs> that fucking guy. Maximilian Genius himself. The Maximilian Genius. Yeah. What a good guy. He he he's a good boy. Yes, he'll knife fight anyone. Yeah, that's true. Um, so would Wolfwood he'd just do it with guns? So would Wolfwood, yeah, <laughs> oh, he has a knife in that one episode. That's true. Yeah, they're not they're not as cool as guns though. Into the show, uh, no, no. I guess the show has sort of fallen into um, a a a por- part of my life where I realized that like. I don't even know when it first aired, but what I associate as like early two thousands, late nineties aesthetic, uh, what what that era thinks is cool is actually just really cool. Like they were right. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Listen to like a streetcast episode where uh, Liz was talking about Geralt being someone's you know cool OC, and uh, Vash has a similar energy of like, what would my like cool hero character be like? They have a giant yes. red coat and leather gloves and a massive pistol. <laughs> Talk about Vash, peace. Vash, Vash is basically like the like post Matrix. I know that the timeline doesn't work out, but he's like yeah. you know that era's redesign of like Lupin the Third. Like you give him blonde spiked hair and a big coat underneath it over his like black leather bodysuit, and you're in the nineties. <laughs> Extremely. I didn't realize this aired in England in, or not England, aired in English. Uh, so it came to America in 2003. Yep. Yeah. This was, this was a big, uh, adult swim. I think it was adult swim, uh, yeah, staple. So. Yeah. I think we mentioned earlier in this episode, maybe, yeah, I'm pretty sure this actually was before, after we started recording. Like, this is one that's like not super popular in Japan. No one's quite sure why. Like, it just never took off. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, like, they're like, oh, maybe it's because of its Western setting and lack of Japanese signifiers. I'm like, hey, that's half of anime. That's not the reason. <laughs> um, it's just, it, this blew up real big in America. And I think, like, if I would suggest answers, because America doesn't know what the fuck Lupin is. Um, but, you know, that's true. It's true. J- Japan is, Japan is well fed on, like, action comedies about, like, a rogue who can get shit done and the people who chase after him. <laughs> it's like a whole genre of anime. <laughs> yeah. Daddy Pat exists. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, you know, when Trigun hit, like, yeah, the comparison, the only point of comparison people had was Cow Bebop, and that's just because it's Westerns in space. It otherwise has nothing to do with each Literally other. Literally nothing, yeah. <laughs> completely different. Um, um, so, yeah, no, I mean, but, yeah, like, like that, I think this is a show where a lot of people watched it in, you know, the early aughts and never reconsidered it, and it just kind of became a joke in the way that, like, before Super came out, like Dragon Ball was a joke. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, I remember Dragon Ball Z. Everyone watched that in the nineties. That thing's stupid. Um, and reappraisals are good. Like Trigun holds up way better than I would have thought. I mean, people's like still before, you know, before we started it, we're talking similarly about Wing, right? Like, yeah. Um, it is easy to just assume the thing that you watch as a teenager is the, that is stupid. And sometimes it is. Sometimes you're me and you watch Code Geass. <laughs> <laughs> I will not sit here and watch you slander Code Geass like this. I I also don't agree with that. I think that show's interesting. <laughs> I, I couldn't handle it, but yeah, it's. Uh, I have okay. serious thoughts about the ways in which that show is stupid. But I yes, no, a re- I've never reappraised something from my like being a kid and um, not at least valued. Even if I hated it now, I usually value the experience. If I've anything, it's like, interesting to just sort of get that perspective on a younger version of yourself. Yeah, I've never gone like, oh, wish I just let that sit in my memory. Like, I, I don't know, I've just never been that way. I know some people are. Um, I mean, I watched Hercules not one week ago, uh, and I kind of regret it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? That's one I'll accept. Yeah. Just let that live as like, oh, he's just, the, you know, there's a couple songs that are okay. He's a cool guy. He's Superman. It's fine. Everyone my age went back to watch the like Super Mario Brothers Super Show like once and was like, no, 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 <laughs> uh, absolutely not. I cannot go back this far into my past to things I used to like because uh, television used to fucking suck is the answer. And then anime happened and now there's a good TV. Yeah, that's the thing is that like anime was there from the start for me, right? Like one of my earliest shows is Digimon and Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I I, ne- I don't have to ever go back to like. 80s western cartoons you don't you don't have to you don't have to think about do you think reboot holds up which is the most cursed idea possible because you know the answer is no people think that though i'm look i haven't revisited it maybe it does i love that show i'm gonna bet it doesn't hold up Mm -hmm. yeah i I mean we watched extra squad that was all right yeah that's a categorically different thing (laughs) sure but it is of the same era yeah. Of like Western cartoons in a okay Jackson watch reboot and report back is it good? I, I guess the one for me from the nineties is does the nineties Spider Man show have anything good in it? I didn't like it when it was new, so don't ask me. <laughs> um, I I really liked it. I like the theme tune. I like that Peter Parker. Don't know. Could be anything. Um, anyone have anything else to say before we wrap this one up? Uh, Trigon's great. I'm really excited to see the back half because, uh, I remember a little bit of it and the things I remember are wild. Do like barely fit into the container of the show, um, so far. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> like all anime, it's just chill for a while and then everything goes to shit in like a more, in, in like a weird way. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have any, uh, additional thoughts other than this was, uh, fun to rewatch this. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah thank you for the suggestion it, it fucking holds up uh i mean i guess i do do mention that like you know i think we've touched briefly on like it's there are you know bits of the show's uh ideology that aren't you know not not great like a couple scenes where vash is like oh you know 
women fighting, well, what does the world come to? So don't want to like misrepresent it as you know all all great, but like you know there's something to dig into and like you know there's the uh, the extent to which the the characters kind of get space to have like you know complex uh like stances and, and are like pursuing like goals that are are cool to see them work towards uh as a whole was was fun yeah um well uh i guess uh that is it for this podcast nigel do you have anywhere people can find you on the internet or do you no, some people just like are like no, you can't find me. I'm normal having Discord. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. the Discord. I've, I've not made a Twitter yet. Uh, just, you know. no? Oh, but, uh, you know what? <laughs> honestly, honestly, you're probably better off at this point. Yeah, what I do is um, I will, you know, go to people's pages. I think I like started with like Austin's because I was listening to Waypoint one day and I was like, oh, what's what's that link do? Uh, yeah, I found it's like how I found abnormal mapping. So it's my being in that website hasn't been wholly bad, but uh, just just going straight to what people are saying and not having a, a timeline works for me. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I assume you want to do the back half of this show in six months. Yeah, right? yeah. I think that's probably. I think that's... I think I want to commit to also doing Badlands Rumble when we do that. Sounds good. Because I have not seen that. Uh, it didn't. It didn't exist when I watched this show. Is that uh, a like? It is. It is a movie. Okay. Oh. Is, it, I think it just. I think it's just in like. I think it's like Cowboy Bebop movie, and then it just kind of takes place whenever during the show, and it's just mm-hmm. like another adventure. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Um, Jackson, do you want to do plugs? I guess I'll do some plugs. Uh, you can find me at headfulsoff on Twitter dot com. You can find the podcasts uh, that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. You know, if you just listen to this because you're a Trigon fan. <laughs> Um, then welcome. You got a good taste. Abnormal mapping's uh, really good. Check it out if you are that you. person. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of podcasts there. Uh, M does a Ghibli podcast uh, with Autumn at uh, and it's called And Then an Airplane. What's the URL for that? There is no custom URL, though we are working up to our Cat Returns episode, which will be next week, I think, when this goes up. So yeah, look forward to that. That's my uh, half of the plugs done. <laughs> fine. I botched it this time. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at EM underscore being. Uh, if you'd like to support this network, uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a week, you get the Great Gundam Project. We're watching Gundam Wing. It's also a show that people should revisit because it's way better than everyone thought it was. Uh, we're also watching Space Runaway Ideon, which is a show that seemingly almost no one in America has ever seen. Um, but it's also good, just in a very different way. Um there are other tiers you can get writing or, you know, bonus podcasts or even produce a show uh, like Nigel did here. Beach House will be back in a week as we watch uh, Mamoru Hosoda's Wolf Children, which I'm very excited for because I have not seen it. So great time to enjoy some anime. Same. I've not seen it, but I do uh, like the Hosoda films I have seen. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, thank you very much for listening. And, uh, Thank you very much, Nigel, for being here. And we'll see you all uh, next time. Love and peace. Love and peace. (laughs) Love and peace. Love Love and and peace. peace.